0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of Selling IND. I am your host, Elena Musla. I am here with, of course, the amazing Gabriela Shamas. Hey. And, <laughs> and today we are lucky enough to have Katie Hughes with us from Caliber Home Loans. Katie, how are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hyped up on coffee today. And I love it's it. It's What do you have in there? Um, What it was it? It was a cold brew. Way. With unsweetened almond milk because I'm a health freak and raspberry sugar-free mm-hmm. syrup. <laughs> I love it. Oh jeez. Okay, so today we are like always on Selling IND. We do give you the updates on the real estate market. So everything life in real estate here in Central Indiana. And today with Katie with us, we are going to kind of touch base a little bit on the lending market and see what's going on in there and discuss some hot topics. So I guess we will um, jump right on in and kind of, I guess, get into the lending aspect of it. So Katie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the lending world, your company, et cetera.
1: Yeah, so uh, my name's Katie Hughes. My NMLS ID is 857525 <laughs> for those legislators listening. Oh my gosh. I'm with Caliber Home Loans, so I've been with Caliber <laughs> about three and a half years. I'm in the real estate world about 10, so it's my, it's my baby. I love this industry. I love the market. Very passionate about it, so I'm glad to be here and glad to be talking to you and glad to be a resource for you ladies.
0: Well, thank you. We are lucky to have you. And Katie actually started with FC Tucker. So that's Mm kind of, we kind of go back a little bit and now we're just kind of connecting on the lending side of things. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Um, Okay. So let's kind of jump into some questions that we have and some hot topics we have in regards to what's going on during the pandemic and everything in the lending world. So I think we want to start first with a lending market update. Could you give us a lending market update right now?
1: yeah, and i'll I'll tee us up a little bit for another topic we're going into. So the general consensus is we are really busy. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's kind of two facets as to why we're busy. So one is in the origination and creation of new loans, and the other is for helping those who are struggling from the forbearance standpoint. Mm-hmm. So the, the lending side from the what I call the origination, so creating new loans, that comes in both the form of people buying new homes and doing refinances. Um, a statistic that I've been using to help con- kind of convey what's happening right now um, is that there's actually about eleven million or eleven billion in refi business that's out there right now? Like that's that that people who could benefit from doing a refinance. That's crazy, and they could save money, and uh-huh. they're not even doing it. Probably. Right? Yeah. They just well, don't know. That's because we only have, from a lending standpoint, two billion, like that, we can handle at any given time. Oh wow! Yeah. So if everybody came to refinance with mm-hmm. us right now, we just nobody. There's literally not enough business.
0: Is that specifically Caliber or is that everybody? Mm -hmm. That's
1: a statistic from another company, actually, that I use. So it's an industry statistic. Very interesting. Um, So we are very busy from that refinance standpoint, but it is probably going to slow down a little bit. So there is a lot of government regulation in our industry, not to go too deep and too boring, Mm -hmm. Um, but (laughs) they help control our rates and the government is actually adding some cost to traditional conventional refinances. So lenders have started putting that in place. So rates are just a little bit higher than they were maybe a couple of months ago from the refinance standpoint. That's not on the purchase side, but it's just aimed to help slow down that there's so much happening. Um, with that being said, Caliber specifically is up about 58% from this time last year in purchase oh my business. Gosh. Oh my gosh. So Man. in conjunction with the fact that there's 11 billion out there and we can only handle two billion, mm-hmm. we also have the purchase side. So we're really busy from that standpoint. Very blessed. It's a great it's a great time. I love what I do. I love helping people problem solve. So mm-hmm. it's been really fun and adventuresome. And
0: yeah, well, that's good to hear. I know Gabby and I definitely love what we do. So it's always good to hear somebody else say that same thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the next topic we want to jump into from there would probably be rates and guidelines. So I know with what's going on in the world, um, we're seeing a lot of rate changes. We're seeing a lot of credit credit yeah. guidelines that we, you know, the for people that are trying to buy houses. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit and kind of help people understand the changes that we saw maybe from last year at this time when the pandemic wasn't even around till now? Mm -hmm. So I think what's a little surprising for people is that when the whole world
1: found out that they could have a forbearance on their home, um, the mortgage world found out too. So we all found out at the same time that you could (laughs) stop paying your mortgage company. So yeah, (laughs) I remember watching and that's part of why I like my job so much is I can watch what's happening in the big world and (laughs) it really daily translates to my life. So um, that was very interesting. So instantly rates started going crazy as we tried to predict what was going to happen with the market. Um, and guidelines also started changing, some of which are coming straight down from the government, others of which are just the companies themselves trying to protect themselves a little bit. Um, So some of the bigger changes, a lot of companies actually increase their minimum credit score requirement. I know we did for a while. Um, So some places you're going to find it be a 640, a 620. Um, We can go down to 580, but there's more rules that are happening right now. So anything under a specific point, we're going to have to talk about your full financial picture. Like, do you have savings? Do you have retirement? Things like that.
0: So I guess my question for you is, is that directly just with FHA loans or conventional or how do they differ in regards to credit scores?
1: Um, FHA is definitely more gracious. So that when I said down to 580, that would be an FHA loan. Um, conventional loans, they are still looking at the 640 um, okay. minimum. The Rates as far as, it and really where you've seen the biggest impact in the guideline changes and companies trying to be a little more conservative is something called your debt to income ratio. Mm -hmm. So your monthly income versus how much um, you have in debt, really that got more conservative. So it used to be, I've seen people go up to using about 58% of their income. Now mm-hmm. we're closer to a, a 43, which is a really big difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah, doesn't no, sound like is. a big difference, yeah. but it is. <laughs> um, so.
0: I mean, I've personally had clients that were affected. I've yeah. had clients that have two jobs and one of the jobs stopped and then mm-hmm. they couldn't get financing. Yeah. And so it was like we were waiting um, for either a co-signer or we were extending the process another month just because of everything that's going on. Yeah, so. I know my underwriting,
1: a lot of underwriting guidelines, they are being um, rather gracious, honestly, in my opinion. Opinion, especially with how volatile the pandemic is mm-hmm. um, if people were off work were accounting for that and not making their so i might look at you work you make 15 dollars an hour working 40 hours a week yeah um, if i were to pull up your pay stub though and you were off for 3 weeks 4 weeks 2 months your year to date income is going to look different mm-hmm. than 18 dollars an hour 40 hours a week well if i can have your hr validate that you were off we don't have to. I, I say it's watered down your income, okay. so like we don't. We can use what truly you're really gonna be making. That's interesting. Um, so they've. There's definitely some places where they've really tried and tried to tighten up. They're trying to do it smart and not have it impact the consumer in a supreme way because our jobs are to give you mortgage loans and your job is to help them find houses. We all want that for everybody, and they want the house, so we just need to do that responsibly.
0: All right. So I think, thank you for that. I think the next topic that we want to hop in from there would be, um, maybe talking about forbearance a little bit. I know yeah. you're not really in the forbearance department, right. um, but you can at least help us kind of understand. Cause I have a lot of people that call me and I'm sure Gabby does too. Yeah. And they kind of say, okay, well we hopped on that forbearance boat because they said we could. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, is that a good decision or what does forbearance mean? I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Could you kind of touch base on that a little? Yeah. So with forbearance, uh, when it first
1: rolled out, you could actually take three months where you didn't have to make your mortgage payment. And then the conversation after that point would kind of be opened up. So do you want to start paying it back by tacking on a little bit monthly? Do you want to add it to the end of your loan? Um, it really varies by person and by company. So there are a lot of different options out there. I encourage those who could make their payment to make the payment, but it definitely was there for people who needed it. So
0: so what you're saying is there's a there are a lot of different plans or um, avenues that people can take in regards to forbearance. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So is it just that, um, I know you mentioned like a three-month timeline for some people. Is that Um, industry-wide, or is that just like caliber? That was industry-wide,
1: and so if you are to go and continue further in the forbearance, you then have to start proving something we call hardship, so it just means that you have had an impact. It's not, you know, I just told you while I was very busy, so my job was impacted in definitely a different way than a lot of people who experienced COVID. Um, If you were laid off, then that is a hardship. But if you were just taking advantage because you were uncertain that what might happen and you just wanted to stock up your rainy day fund in case something weird happened, so you hadn't lost your job, but you are just planning for it, then that's not a hardship. So you could be extended beyond that three months if you actually
0: had something that you could prove and document. Okay, so just to be clear, If people were to hop on the forbearance train, they Mm -hmm. still have to pay back those mispayments. Mm -hmm. Yes. I mean, however, whatever plan, you guys decide. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Because I, like I was telling Gabby the other day, I have, um, you know, some sellers who were like, okay, we're on the forbearance train and how do we deal with this? And so that's that's good to know. At least I know and I can advise them and say, hey, look, you still are going to have to pay those yeah. back if, even if it comes out of, you know, that equity because it has to be paid back, yeah. right?
2: I so was, it's good to know. I was going to ask Katie, have you ever seen when people are, are kind of trying to figure out if they should do forbearance or not, like where you have seen a situation where they went ahead and did that and it actually got them in trouble? Not yet. Okay. But do you feel like maybe as the time progresses, you... Might be able to see more people that they maybe shouldn't have.
1: Yes, and as, done the, forbearance, okay. as the options have ha- come up where you can add it to the end of your mortgage, that's giving people a more comfortable situation. Okay. But when someone goes, someone who's tight and not expecting their mortgage payment to go up, when they have to then pay back these three months that they've missed in the yeah. matter of three months, that's literally doubling your mortgage payment, and yeah. that's not really comfortable for most people. So in the, that environment. Yes, but thankfully, the legislation has allowed a little bit
0: more, I guess, movement and
1: options mm-hmm. for people, which has been helpful.
0: So let's just say I have a seller who um, wants to go ahead and sell their house and mm-hmm. is banking that they're going to make enough equity that they can pay back the bank, including mm-hmm. those forbearance payments. Let's say they don't have enough equity. Is that Does that mean it has to come out of pocket?
1: Yes, and right wow. now if somebody is Yikes. if somebody is going to purchase another home and they have a home and they're wanting to use that equity, they actually have to be out of forbearance. We're required okay. that. So I can't pre-approve you for a new mortgage until you're out of forbearance.
2: Okay. That's good to know cuz I did not know that.
1: And I would that is a company rule, although mm-hmm. there's a lot of okay. a lot of companies that follow suit to that. So I try to stay networked with uh, several, so I know that we're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And
0: I know you had said that you were seeing 8.5% of people went into forbearance, mm-hmm. and they were forecasting about 32, is that correct, yes. or 35, somewhere in that ballpark? Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. So while the forbearance was there for those who need it and very much all for that, it's pleasing to know in my eyes that not as many people had to do it that we thought. Okay. So.
0: Well, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously I we don't know what the positive. future is going to hold, you know, yeah. because we are coming on winter and obviously with winter right. comes a lot of sickness mm-hmm. and you never know. Right. Um, so I guess I do have a couple more questions and then we'll move on to the next topic. Would you personally recommend going into forbearance? Just a broad question in your opinion. No. Okay. <laughs> that was easy. How is that? <laughs> There's,
1: I, to expound as to why, and mm-hmm. this is a true opinion. So, for those out there listening, a true, genuine mm-hmm. Katie Hughes opinion, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who are involved with helping you with the forbearance, recovering the forbearance, credit bureaus reporting the forbearance. There's mm-hmm. just a lot of people. And, all people, every once in a while, mistakes happen. And it's going to cause you a lot of heartache to have to recover from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. I have not seen them yet. That is just my pure gut feeling about messing with anything that could potentially report as a mortgage late on your credit report. Okay. I
0: can understand that. So what you're saying is you're not sure if you trust the process just yet because it's very unknown. I mean, it's new to everybody. Yeah. And I totally understand that. So
1: overnight the mortgage companies had to figure out how to do it and yeah. so that just makes me a little nervous. Sure. No, I mean
0: Gabby and I saw that we had to figure out how to get somebody into a house and yeah. wipe them down from head to toe before mm-hmm. they touched mm-hmm. anything oh and sign- sanitize
2: God. after you did showings. I mean I would spend I don't even know buku's of money on Lysol wipes just sanitizing if you could after open. Yeah, if you could yeah. find them after open houses. I mean it was so stressful. So And it was scary. You know, when that first happened, no one knew what was going on and how to fix it and go about it. So definitely, I mean, when you're dealing with money, that's already stressful when you have everything figured out. So let alone when you don't, it's a whole new new caliber. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Most and time. in Indiana, real estate was a essential service, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. so you guys got to. It was nice. <laughs> yeah, get out and I don't know. I complain. looked.
2: I did so many virtual showings. I looked like uh, such a freak outside. <laughs> I like <laughs> literally had my mask on, and like, and that was when they didn't even know if you could touch surfaces. So uh, I had latex glove on. I mean, I looked like a weirdo, walking around trying to figure <laughs> out if my clients like, and FaceTime wasn't working. Oh my gosh.
0: I actually, it's Such kind a of mess. weird. I actually sold a house without my clients seeing the house. They bought it Sight without seeing see. the house. Yeah. And they trusted me through virtual experience. And they were from out of town. They had never been to the neighborhood. Had no idea. That's it was, wild. It was a weird situation. But yeah. we made it work. And they loved it. So I Why was like. Why were they moving? Was it work related? Yeah. yeah, a job. So it just, and it was crazy. Because then he couldn't come into town, um, the Mr., of the household, couldn't come into town for, I think, two more months because of the pandemic because he's in the hospitals. So that's his job um, in the medical field. And it just, I it was insane. Like I held to their keys for two extra months. I could have moved in. Obviously, I'm not going to move into their <laughs> empty house, but it was right. just a weird situation. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever deal with it again. But
2: isn't it crazy though, that that whole sight unseen, I mean, that's becoming a trend. I and mean, even Katie and I were working on a file with one of our clients and the houses are moving so fast, we're like, okay, maybe we have to do it sight unseen. And she was totally comfortable. I mean, she needed a house that bad that she was banking off the photos. Which is amazing because it's like if you do get locked down in that, I mean,
0: oh man, you better be these hoping those
2: photos. Yeah, you better be hoping those photos look <laughs> Am real. Am
0: I allowed to say to
1: definitely at least do a like virtual I'm tour? D- <laughs>
2: yeah, I have to tell you guys, these <laughs>
0: photographers. I mean, they're paid to make this house look priceless. So. Oh, the <laughs>
2: filters are endless. I mean, you know how many clients uh, they, they literally feel like they've been betrayed. I love when like buyers come up to the house and they're like, "What is this, Gabrielle?" Like, it didn't be- look like this. Yeah, the, and I'm like, "Well, there's three filters slapped on." it. has been staged. I mean, like, It's virtually honest. staged now. Like what in the world is that?
0: It's kind of like what we see nowadays when you get on Instagram and someone's like, oh my gosh, like I never knew what she looked like without makeup on, you know, mm-hmm. like that whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with real estate. So, I mean, personally, I don't know. Your house. Would, yeah. would you, you? I mean, would you guys? No, yeah.
2: are you kidding me? I mean, there's so many times, even I'm looking at a house right now and when I pull up if I hear road noise, I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I will, I don't even need to get out of my car to judge my house. It's not my house. But I'm like, we're not even walking up to it. Like, it's bad. It's, I can never do sight unseen. I am that person. Yeah. And I have and to I see every inch I of it. I I
1: could. I think really? I could do it. But I also look at real estate, I think a little bit different than some people since I'm in it. Yeah. I mean, I bought my house. I went from not moving to buying a new ho- house in the matter of three days because we just happened to come across a house we kind of liked.
2: Oh my god. So I'm yeah, just
1: like the, like, oh yeah, let's do this. That's and so good. I now, wish if I was I'm more like that. If I'm looking at my forever home and like no. my dream, that is one thing. Yeah. But, you know, I just also recognize it's okay to
0: move sometimes. Yeah. So I'm no. like If I really hate is, it, is. we'll just... Scoot. Yeah, for me so that would never sco- work. Scoot. I'm so indecisive. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I would be like, "Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> are we sure this is the house? That grass isn't green or something?" Like I would, I would talk myself out of yeah. it. I don't even think I could do it. But hey, some people do it and it works. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. definitely something we've been up against. Um, I know there are two more questions I have to ask about forbearance, and then we're gonna talk. about a few more things before Gabby takes over and gives us kind of an update about what's going on in the city um I guess those two topics would be interest and credit scores so how in regards to forbearance let's start with credit scores how are we seeing those be affected like no no, not at this moment not at all well what if somebody were to miss like let's say you put them on a plan and they didn't stick to the plan would your credit score then be affected yes okay So follow your plan. (laughs) Do what you say you're going to do. Right. And then in regards to interest, can you explain how, if that's added on in regards to the forbearance process? Because I think a lot of people don't understand that even if you aren't making payments, your interest is still added on at the end when those payments are due or whenever those are due. Is that correct? Exactly. So how mortgage loans
1: work, let's see if I can say this right so you can... Correct me if, I, uh, <laughs> if I'm getting muddy on it, on how I'm explaining it. So basically, we set up a 30-year term so that you can have a fixed interest rate. They do something called amortizing the loan. Um, you typically are going to pay more interest on the front end of the 30 years versus the back end. However, by extending your loan longer than 30 years, you are naturally just going to be paying more interest by the fact that your loan is lasting longer. So... Did I explain that? Okay. No. Okay. Yeah, no. So I think that
2: was very eloquent.
1: You will pay more interest. Once, once again, it's not a. There's different times when I talk to people, and it's not a free money situation. It's not just oh, I should take advantage of it because I can because I still that's have to great. Pay it. Right. Yeah. I still have to pay it. It's there for those who are who who hurting. need to take advantage of it. Yeah, because
0: right. the people that are hurting at this time that need to say, okay, I can't make my payments. So let's give me three months, and then maybe in three months I can start my payments again. Right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Just to make sure I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah. Um, I think the next topic would be foreclosures. Um, I guess, I know I, oh, I've had a lot of people ask me this. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, we're going through a pandemic. People must be losing their jobs yeah. or losing their houses. When are these foreclosures going to pop up? Because we do have this forbearance. Um, could you kind of help us and guide us on that or give us your opinion at least? Yeah, this is another opinion standpoint,
1: um, for sure. So the, the foreclosure process just takes a while. That's just a natural, uh, the, the beast of it if you spoke with anyone who went through the financial meltdown in 07, 08, I mean it would take eight years someone could live in their house for eight years before their house is foreclosed on wow. so I don't I don't think that's going to happen but just to give you just the nature of how things work um, it can take a little bit of time um, right now what the data is showing is that people are there is an increase in late mortgage payments right now. So, they are starting to see an influx within the last month, I've started to see the data around that. So, that is the first step towards if you see a foreclosure, if people can't make their mortgage payments, then usually they have to be late for multiple months, then they have a conversation with their lender, try to do a modification, which does impact their credit score, (laughs) Um, unlike a forbearance, that's where they differ. And then if they can't meet that, then they begin the foreclosure proceedings that goes to the county that can take some time. So Mm -hmm. I I think when we were talking um, the other day, you know, you said, how about next year? And I said, you know, that would be the earliest Mm -hmm. that you'll start to see the foreclosures as a result of this. So what you're saying is the process
0: is a lot longer than it may seem. It's not
1: you miss a a payment for two months and then your house is back to the bank and it's listed and ready for sale.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I guess since all of this is unknown, I guess my understanding would be like, well, I mean, they had the option of making a plan with the bank. Couldn't they just Mm -hmm. call the bank and say, let's change my plan after three months Mm because I still can't do this. So they can still forlong that process to make it work for them. So we might not see them for... A while actually. Absolutely. Wow, that's interesting. Um, and the last topic for me before Gabby takes over would be the future. I know obviously okay. this is an opinion, so uh-huh. I mean we all have our opinions. I've been asked this probably, I don't know, hundreds of times yeah. by now. The question is, obviously we're in a pandemic still, what does the future look like in regards to lending in your opinion? What does the future look like in regards to maybe after the election? What does it, I mean there's just so many topics and so many areas we could go from this? I mean, credit yeah. scores, interest rates, you go ahead and take the reins. And what does <laughs> the
1: future look like? Yeah. Um, I I don't think you're going to see a ton of knee-jerk reaction post-election. I've been through three elections in this industry now, which has been actually kind of fun um, just to see things change. And there haven't been a ton of knee-jerk reactions like what we saw with the pandemic, <laughs> um, the rates are forecasted to stay around where they're at through twenty twenty one. So that's through awesome. the end of next year. Looks so that's like we good. need to buy a house. I know. I'm on Thanks it. I'm already, already on, on it.
0: it. Buy another one. <laughs> yeah. So
1: that's good news. And you know, it there's always people who want to buy a home, and yeah. we yeah. work in an industry. Um, it's considered the quote American dream. So there's always, there's always business in some capacity. And if you're able to m- kind of account- or adjust yourself to the times, you know, if there is a foreclosure grouping, how many foreclosures have
0: you worked on? Like people buying? Uh, I've had so many people ask me, but they don't end up buying right, a foreclosure. Right. I would mm-hmm. say
1: that that's the bigger, the bigger piece. Yeah. So. You haven't maybe haven't done a ton yet, but mm-hmm. there could be a time where that's all you're doing. Yeah, but there's still a housing market and there's still business. So if you're willing to adapt, I think there's always going to be this lovely world that we have.
0: Yeah, so you don't think um, we'll see kind of an 08 thing anytime soon? I do not. Okay, thank I do crossed. not. I, I mean, I hope not. I know, I, I'm like, please. Tini- <laughs> no, no, no. I, when I
1: know what I've gone through to get my mortgage license and what rules are in place, it can't happen the way it did.
0: Yeah, because so, obviously the lending side it, it was a big impact, or I mean, it oh, was a big right. part of what happened in 08, And if if you guys don't know, so yeah, there's um there's some very
1: interesting documentaries about it if you're a documentary nerd and like numbers. So
0: on Netflix, now. yeah, I might no have to no check plan. them out. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So. All right, well... Did I, did I answer that okay? Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's opinion-based. So, yeah. I mean, I have a different opinion than you. Gabby probably has a different opinion yeah, than yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people ask us all the time. So, it's it's a hard question to answer. I think we're all going to find out when it hits. Yeah.
2: You right. know,
0: I mean, the future is going to always be the future. But a month from now, we'll find out what we were thinking right. what was going to happen, right? Yeah, one time, sure. there was 13% interest rate. Oh, oh, I know. When my, my parents bought mm-hmm. houses. So,
1: one time, that was a thing, and you know what? People still bought houses. Yeah. So that was still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So the highest rate I think I've had since I've started in three and a half years is about a 5.6. Um, and that was right before what, let's see what even transpired. It was before some tax cuts. And then we had a major drop in rate about Mm -hmm. two months before COVID. Interesting. So we got really crazy right before COVID too.
0: Yeah. So, Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, we're going to see changes. We just can't tell you exactly what they will be. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, I am going to pass it over to Gabby. Um, as you know, on this Yay. podcast, we talk about all Yay. things life and real estate in central Indiana. So, we did our market update in the real estate side of it um, last episode. We're doing the lending side this episode mm-hmm. and Gabby's just going to kind of touch base on what's going on in the central Indiana area and, what's and tell happening.
2: you what's fun. Yeah <laughs> so even though you know we're in the pandemic and it seems like there's really not a whole lot to do um, there's still options so we were talking about for Halloween I don't know how big we have people that are into Halloween I mean I love Halloween I think Halloween is so underrated okay it's awesome okay I think people get old I see why over there laughing at me but People, they get old, and, and there's a lot of things to do. I even have a friend, she's doing witches and brew party where it's only ladies, and they're doing... Yeah, I'm like, witches and brew? I mean, that sounds... Like, we'll I accept that. an invite. I know. That's, I was like, I'm totally going to steal the idea. Um, but they have, you know, Indie Screen Park, which is absolutely terrifying. I mean, I'm not into that stuff, but that's a really big thing, a, bit, a really big attraction for this year. Everyone has to wear masks. So I know people were scared about the protocol there, but they have that where you can even have a paintball fight against zombies, which sounds extremely intense, Um, but, you know, with indie screen parks out there, um, also there's the Can Can Cinema, which is a super cool um, European-style kind of bistro and theater area in Windsor Park that they're doing um, streams, live streams of different showings of movies, and you can kind of go out in the lawn and sit out there, Um, and they have different cocktails and really cool companies that... You know, people have worked with Bluebeard and amazing food there at the cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, We were also talking about the Fisher's Test Kitchen. That is like a huge dream to go to the Fisher's Test Kitchen. I really need to go there, but it's really cool. Fisher's has kind of created this little area where they have all of these, you know, culinary... Restaurants that they're pop up. They essentially want to start their own restaurant, but they don't know if it's the time yet to do it So what they do is they have three different ones there's little dumpling and then there's a Korean barbecue place and You basically can test out their food. So they're honing in on their menus trying to get get a really big follower Um, a lot of followers coming in and you get to test all their concepts, so I don't know if Alina has been there.
0: I haven't actually been to Test Kitchen. I've been to H.C. Tavern, which is right in the area. We've been to the Havana Cigar Lounge, um, which is awesome. Again, their food is awesome as well. I know there's the Beer Kitchen, 101 Beer Kitchen right
2: there. Um, They're getting a lot of stuff.
0: There's a, a 1933 lounge, so it's St. Elmo's. I know they put in a Rise bakery. The Rise
2: is so good. Oh, my gosh. Those if, you so want, if you're a big <laughs> brunch person... Or, or are you talking no, about rise? Okay, the rise and roll. roll. Yeah. There's one in Broader well, but also there's rise in Keystone. I think out works. there
0: as well. I can't remember exactly. I don't know if it's right in. I that think little it is. Section. It is.
2: It's over. The, yeah. Yep, you're right. Across from Top Golf. Okay, because their donuts are so good.
0: I know our friends. They have. Um, so we're really good friends with the owners of Kincaid's. They have okay. their metery just opened up out there. So that's pretty mm. nice. If you like, you know, a good butcher shop. So yeah. the area is just booming. It is, and I'm it's just
2: over here going. Mm. I know. <laughs> it's it's also good. I love food. It's cool too because I we were talking about how the Fisher's their test kitchen is so cool because. They're trying to figure out, you know, these companies, if they want to launch their own independent restaurant. So it's cool because they're pop-up. They're going to be there a year, two years. So you can figure out, you know, if you want to try them or if you want to go somewhere else or... It's just, it's Fisher's is really, really growing.
0: Yeah. The cool thing about that uh, test kitchen though, it's right where Sun King is. So yes. if you want to grab food and then you can grab a beer or whatever, yep. Sun King Brewery is right there. So it's all kind of connected. Yeah. Um, I know Victoria, she's a friend of ours. We had talked about possibly going and meeting halfway and in trying it out. But yeah. I mean, I know I'm up for it.
2: Yeah. It's crazy. Sun King is booming. Even I was down in the Midtown Plaza and Carmel, which is amazing. They have, you know, Penn and Beach to make candles. They have Sun King Brewery. They have Fork and Ale. So definitely kind of in those bigger plaza places. I feel like a lot of people are going to because it's outdoors. There's a lot of things to do. You got Sun King. You can sit out on the terrace. So those are definitely some great little areas to look at. Yeah. in Indy. I mean, people want to get out. So oh it's my always gosh, good to try yes. you know,
0: those places. And I know at nighttime out there, they have a fire set up. Yeah. So you can enjoy that. Especially they have with live kids. music
2: too in Carmel on the Midtown Plaza. They have live music and it's so much fun just to hang out. That sounds like fun. Yeah.
0: So um, I know we had also discussed that Bottleworks was opening up in January, mm-hmm. I believe, all of their food hall, which is yeah. really exciting for the downtown area. Yeah. So I know there's going to be um, a handful of restaurants that are in there. My cousin actually is opening up an open-faced sandwich shop. Oh, which that's
2: going to be delicious. I'm actually really sandwiches. interested. Yeah, I'm really interested yeah. to try
0: it out. I mean, I know they said there was a theater and a bunch of stuff going in there. Yeah. So I think it really will help downtown, especially, you know, with the pandemic and stuff. I think downtown needs some help right now, especially yeah. with what's going on. For so sure. I'm some excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, more places to eat. Better it is. Yeah. Is that it for you? That's it for me. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Selling IND. Thank you, Katie, for joining thank us you, today. Katie. Thank you, Katie. We really having appreciate me. you. Appreciate we do. It. So it's nice to hear kind of a lending side and what's going on in the world right now. So thank you guys for tuning in, and we can't wait to um, bring you episode three. Woohoo! See Bye, ya. Bye, guys.